I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's show, Margaret Kelleher from the ICBF discusses the new culling index and how it identifies the best cows in your herd. And I started by asking about traditional selection methods for culling. I suppose farmers had various different ways of doing it. Um, if we, the most typical example would be empty cows. Obviously, would have to go first. Uh, some farmers then would probably look at their late calvers. Other farmers might be stricter on that and look at their late calvers for their heifers. Um, another criteria usually would be their health status. So, is their cell count in the herd? Is their leanness and status? Um, is it an opportunity to get rid of problems by culling animals that way? And then other farmers then probably would look into their statistics on their milk recording. How are they performing on milk yields, solids, and so forth? So again, um, various different ways. No farm is the same, but at the same time, you need to calculate up the age of the cow, the genetic merit of the cow, what's her likelihood of surviving in the herd. So these are all kind of more complex issues um, and very hard to compare two cows maybe of the same genetic merit and performance but different ages, for example. And I guess with um, culling, you know, this is traditionally a conversation we'd start having in, say, September, October. But due to the unprecedented weather conditions and the nature of the year with the spring and the summer we've had, you know, it's become very topical in the last six weeks. Would you have see, seen that in terms of an increased level of culling earlier in the year? Um for sure, definitely in terms of um, people talking about it, we're getting a lot more queries on how to cull cows. Um, statistically wise, looking at the number of cows that have gone for culling um, this month, was say July 2018, uh, we have seen an increase of maybe 5,000 more than last year and 4,000 on the year before. Um, it's you know, again, market price will probably have an influence on it, but um, definitely with the fodder crisis, that's uh, pursuing since uh, last winter. And then again, for the summer, we have seen a peak in July and a peak in April this year. Um, it's hard to tell as of yet, but uh, certainly I would expect that we would see more cows going for culling in August and September this year than any other year that we've on record here. And then in terms of the cow's own worth index, or we might call it the cow um, for the duration of our chat, um, what is the cow index? So it's a new decision um, support tool for dairy farmers to rank each of their cows within their own herd. So what it does is it ranks them on their expected profitability for the remaining lifetime. So really the cow is looking at your herd, the number of cows in your herd, from the perspective of who's going to give me the most profit down to the least profit from today um, and takes into account all her future lactations should she stay in the herd. Um, so if I was to go into a small bit of detail on it, how, how do you calculate profit for the remaining lifetime? Well, we look at it in three stages of her life. First being her current lactation this year, what's the profit from this year? Um, and if you keep her, so what's the profit she'll give you for all future lactations, should she stay? Um, and lastly, also, we take into account um, if you were to replace her, how much would it cost? Um, and what's the net of that, given that you'd get a salvage value for the cow? Um, so if we take the first one into account there, the current lactation, so what profit does my cow give me this year? Well, she's going to give it to you in her production traits, obviously, um, but also in her health traits, so her mistakes, her lameness, her cell count. Uh, calving date is um, a very important factor. Um, it's important to note that the 
cow is ranking cows in spring calving herds only at present. Um, so calving data in this um, in, uh, for spring calving herds has to be early uh, calving. We will also take into account the management and maintenance of the cow. So um, if farmers are culling their cows now, they probably are only looking at her current lactation performance. What the cow can do is also predict her future lactation performance. It's the second stage of life that we look at. So again, we take it into a, num a number of traits into account, all her production traits, her health, her beef traits, so any calves that she has and, uh, from the calving, uh, management, maintenance, and then also her descendants. So should she give you replacement heifers into the herd, that's also... Um, giving her a future profit. Um, but the most uh, important thing with her future lactations is we also were able to predict her likelihood of being fertile within the herd and calving early every year versus calving late, her survival in the herd and her cell count performance in the herd. And how we do this is we look at her genetic merits to start with, but also her age um, and her calving date in the herd and look at all her past history and predict how would she perform in the herd? So if we take an example of a cow that has a history of high cell count, she's obviously a higher risk of having high cell count in the future. Um, so age, again, having a big um, factor on this as well. Third stage of profit we look at then is her net replacement cost. That's just the final part of uh, the cow's own work where we just look at if you were to call her, you have to replace her with... Um, heifers that's that's actually quite a high cost that some people don't take into account when they're removing cows from the herd so if you remove a young cow from the herd for example you have to replace her with a heifer that's costing you over 1500 euros to get into the herd to start with that's quite a high cost so it should be taken into account um and we also give credit then for the salvage value of the cow that you know that you were actually able to get some profit from her culling value and then just to pick up on something you refer to for current and future uh, lactations, you know, we talk about milk and fertility and, and that's often discussed. You know, it's it, the highest weighting in the EBI index. Um, you mentioned you also have management and maintenance you, and they represent a very small proportion of the EBI. Why are they important within the cow index? Um well, maintenance in terms of um, how much it costs to keep her in the herd, um, you know, there is farmers, you asked at the start there, what, what culling criteria do farmers call on? So much do um, call on the weight of the cow that is now. Um, I had a farmer ring asking about, you know, the fodder crisis and how do I maintain these big cows? Should I call on the big cows? So it is important um in terms of her current lactation, future lactations, it, because they're being compared to all other cows within the herd. So, you know, if there's two cows in the herd, one having a higher maintenance cost than the other, but producing the same uh, milk, then it's the lower maintenance cow you want to keep. So it's kind of like an efficiency measure, really. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I suppose then, you know, giving all the detail um, you've given us on the cow index, if you can think of a herd that you have looked at recently um, in relation to cow, can you identify, say, two or three key traits for the cow that was um, ranked best for uh, on the index and worst for that herd? Um, for the cows ranked best, it does vary within herd. Um, most time it will be down to the fact that they're... Uh, Milk solids are fantastic 
compared to their contemporaries within the herd. So you might see even a first cal or first caliber at the top of the list. So, um, you know, when you compare her to a fifth lactation cow, that her milk cells mightn't look that great, but the fact that she's compared to her first lactation contemporaries, uh, she could be the best in the herd. So age would rank them quite highly. Their genetic merit for, you know, uh, fertility and milk production traits quite highly. But the most um, common one would be the calving date. So given that, depending on the time of year you are looking at your cow profile, um, the cow profile ranks on calving date, if that's all that's available to them. Um, but at this time of year, the breeding season's over now for the spring calving herds. And if you have your inseminations in or your uh, bull service activity information in or your scanning data in, it's going to actually rank the cows on expected calving date for next year. So it goes off the most recent information. So cows calving early, high solids, good genetic merit will be at the top of the list. Um, then for the cows at the bottom, what you should see is cows that have uh, either a cell count issue or uh, maybe they don't have it right now, but they had it uh, previously, so she's in a high uh, risk of um, having high cell count again. You would see old cows on the list, uh, low genetic mare cows on the list, and definitely your, no, your low milk solid cows, low milk yield cows, cows that are not performing as good as the rest of the herd because it is all compared within the herd. And then if we consider, you know, the, the cow index is quite new and we've had the EBI for quite a long time at this stage. Is like the, the EBI is discreetly different from the cow index. Is the cow index going to replace EBI or can they work in tandem? It definitely is not to replace EBI. Uh, EBI is there for breeding your cows. So it takes only into account the genetic merit of each of the traits that's in the EBI. Whereas for cow, we have you know the genetics of the cow for sure, but we have so many other things. We have the age of the cow, calving date of the cow, her crossbreeding effects, if, if any, uh, depending on the herd you have, and individual effects of the cow. So um, those don't get passed on. The age of the cow doesn't get passed on from parent to offspring, so that's why it does not need to be in the EBI. Whereas if you start breeding off the cow index, you're only going to reduce your genetic gain per year because it's ranking best to worst on profit in the herd, depending on her age, her calving date, um, now and individual effects. So um, definitely top recommendation, do not mix them up. You use them in tandem. One EBI is for breeding and cow is for culling. Uh, with that in mind, you mentioned crossbreeding. Um, do you see an eff effect on profitability of herds where they have crossbreds and, say, pure Holstein cows? So when we did the pilot study last year before we launched the cow index, uh, we actually did uh, a lot of um, interesting research on this. And we found that so the crossbreeding effect is taken into account so f um, for their milk production traits, for example, for um, a first cross cow, you'll see that she gets a bump up of 3 to 5% um, on her production traits. However, if that cow has a late calving date or a high cell count, that profit is completely wiped. It's a very, very hard penalty for late calving or, or cell count or any kind of health trait. Um, so, you know, within hers, you will see maybe a Holstein and a crossbred ranking near the same, but should one of those cows suffer um, a late calving date or a high cell count, you'll see them completely ranked differently. And that's just going on the performance of the cow and her environmental effects around her. 
And if we consider, you know, the current situation on farms, um, you know, some farms have limited information. You know, they mightn't have engaged with the cow index just yet. Um, yeah. Farmers may have a short term view in terms of looking at the lowest yielders in the herd um, and considering them the passengers and culling them. Um that can be typically younger stock and, you know, the, the better genetics in the herd. Um, what is your advice here, Margaret? Uh, I strongly advise to use the cow um, because, yes, it's very tempting just to uh, remove from your milk carding list the, the lowest yielders, the uh, lowest milk solids. But you have to take into account that a first calver is 22% off her mature capability. A second calver is still growing. She's 7% off her mature capability. So as you said, the the cows ranked lowest on milk yield and the solids will be your younger cows. Um, so you would be removing cows that are young, that are young, that are costly to replace, that probably have higher genetic merit, um, that if they reach their mature capability, have the potential to be better than um you know, the cows that you have now. So really and truly, it, it should be on performance, the age of the cow as well, and her likelihood to survive in the herd um, because it is so costly to replace your cows with a, a heifer at over €1,500. Euros. And if we, um, you know, t- take a step away from the current situation on farms, you know, what level of usage do you see with the cow index across your Herd Plus users? So um, I suppose it is only available to her plus users that milk record. So um, if we take uh, that also the cow index only came out on the 31st of October uh, last year, we have seen over 3,000 herd users use this. So it's more than we expected for something so new. Um, All we know is that they've logged on. so really, but you know, it is so new that people need time to get to grips with um, how it works. So um, at 60% usage, we're quite happy. And we are just hoping that it would be useful for the year that we're having, especially. It is so topical. People need uh, to call and make their call decisions earlier than ever this year. So hopefully it will get, we'll see more usage of it. Yeah, 3,000 is a considerably high number of, of dairy farmers to engage in, in such a new technology. Um, also then, you know, um, aside from the current situation again, um, what can farmers do to get full value? You mentioned milk recording as one of the as one of the things. But, you know, what else can farmers do in terms of putting in information to get full value from the cow index as a reflection of the herd? Yeah, it's. It- it's hugely important to have as much information as is available to you in the uh, cow index. So uh, what's great about it is there is a lot of automatic information in there. So, um, you know, we know the EBI of your cows, we know all the genetic merits of your cows, we know when your cows calve, so the calving dates can be taken into account. And as you mentioned, the milk recording comes in automatically, so we're able to rank on that. So what is down to the, the the unique herd owner is, um, how they breed their cows. So if you use 100% AI with a technician, that information should be coming in automatically. So that's fine. So again, there's there's not much they have to do in terms of actually manually, put, manually putting in data. Um, but for other herds where they might be DIY AI and, and that they are manually entering in the data, um, before using cow, make sure your information is, is up to date as possible for inseminations. Um, because it's going to rank your cows on expected calving date next year. And if you know a cow is empty, 
a corridor is empty, if you know you're going to cull a cow anyway, you should mark her as a mark for cull. Um, if you have scanning information, this is brilliant information to use before using the cow index because if you know the number of days, that uh, how old the fetus is, again, it makes a more accurate prediction of her expected calving date next year, so it will rank your cows more accurately. Um, and then, uh, other than that, really, I suppose there's lameness and mastitis that you can record. If you record that, it will rank your cows accordingly. And, you know, if, if she had a mastitis issue this year, it remember that if you keep her for subsequent years, it will remember that she had a mastitis issue, um, over the last years. And just, it'll, it'll just highlight her should she ever have it again. So other than that, really, it is just health recording and um, fertility recording is the more key information that should always be kept up to date before running it and making your decisions. And I guess finally then, Margaret, in your opinion, you see, in an, in an average year, what is the optimal time for farmers to look at the cow index and cull cows? Um, again, I suppose it's, Whatever information is available to you, so just say um, you plan to scan, um, put in your scanning information and then use the cow information. Um, really, I suppose it was September was when we were advising all along, but already we have seen people using it in July and we're predicting a higher usage in August for the for this year, given the circumstances farmers are in. Um, but really, it's just if you have any information, such as your scanning or breeding information, to get that in and then run it. So, Margaret, where can we actually find the cow index? So, there's two ways to do it. Um, if you were to log on to your Herd Plus account, so uh, that's where you put in your herd number and your password. Um, and when your profile loads, you go to your view profile. And under that heading, you will see COW, cow's own worth, and you click on it, and within a few seconds, you should see all your cows ranking straight away from number one being your best cow down to your worst. So if you want to call any cows, you go down to the very, very bottom of your screen, see which cows it's selecting as your uh, least profitable um, within your herd. Um, you might find that some cows are not ranked in your herd. You will see up in the top left-hand corner of your screen a missing animals tab. If you click on that, you should see why your animals are missing. So a lot of times it could be that uh, a cow is missing a sire, so we can't rank perfectly because we don't know her full background. Or she might be missing a milk recording or some other information detail that we need to rank the cow. Um, alternatively, uh, if you have the ICDF app on your phone, you can also log into that and under View Profiles, click on the COW and you'll see a smaller version where you see minimal information, but you can still see who's your best cow, who's your worst, um, and make your decisions based on that. Um, we also have a few links on the screen to record events. So should you find that um, you've looked at your cows and you've ranked them and there's a cow that's empty at the top of the list, you can click on one of the links to record that she's an empty cow. So many other details like that. Um, there's help information on the on the screens as well. Um, and feel free to contact her if there's any other issues. That's great. Thanks very much, Margaret. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Margaret Kelleher for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts and for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey 
and join me next time for your Dairy Edge. 